You are listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Home Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I'd like to ask you to start thinking about your identity. If you were to pull out an identity card, like a driver's license, what would it say about you? Not a whole lot, right? It's got your, your photo on there, uh, probably has your eye color, maybe your height and your weight, if you told the truth. Uh, age, if you told the truth. Um, and even then, it might be different because sometimes you just have the same information for years and years and years. Doesn't say a whole lot about who you are. What kind of things do? It's not a, a data sheet, is it? If you put a, a resume down, that's not so much your identity. It's more about things in your story, isn't it? It's about your family. What was your family's story before you? It's about how you grew up, what you did, how you lived, your relationships with the people around you. Your identity is more closely associated with the story of your life. The image of who you are grew out of all of your activities leading up until now. And it's identity that St. Paul is talking about today. The identity that you receive in baptism. It's not so much a list of doctrines or a, a series of things to memorize. The heart of your identity in baptism is a story. It's the story of Jesus. St. Paul says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead from the, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. St. Paul says that in baptism, we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What it means is we're baptized into a story. Baptized into the story of Christ's life. See, Jesus, his story begins by becoming one of us. By becoming a, like a sinner, like us. He comes down, takes on our flesh, and lives under all our problems. And he becomes sin for us. That's what St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus becomes sin for us. And I think there's no story better to understand that than what happened in Jesus' own baptism. When Jesus comes down to be baptized by John, he enters into the Jordan River, and John says, wait a second, Jesus, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus says, let it be done to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? Why is that important? 
Because John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus Christ, God himself, went down into the water to repent. What did he repent of? He had no sins. He repented for us. He took our sin on himself, even our repentance in baptism. God made him sin for us. And then from there, he did all of his ministry things until the point where sin brought about its natural result. It tried to lay claim on Jesus himself when he died on the cross. As we know, the wages of sin is death, isn't it? Jesus himself went to the cross to take that just punishment for sin, and he died there. And sin and death tried to drag him down and hold him in the grave. But their claim was rejected, of course, because Jesus was not sin. He was not a sinner like us. He didn't deserve the death that we deserve. And he rose from the dead. And his disciples saw him all over the place. He came and he ate fish with his disciples. He showed them his hands and his side. He walked along the road with them. He taught them all about what he came to do and what's going to happen. Look through the whole scriptures, alive and amazing. And his body that was broken is now alive. And so Jesus lives in new life now. I think when we think about Jesus' resurrection, we often think about the, the glory side of it. And that generally puts us towards God's divinity. I think when we think about divinity, about God, we think to ourselves, well, that's got to be where the glory of Jesus is after the resurrection. It's all about his divine nature, his power, his might. But when, what the disciples see when they look at Jesus, it isn't the divinity. It isn't God's almighty power or his ability to be everywhere or his understanding of all things. When they look at Jesus... These say, see the perfection of his humanity. Because it's his body that was raised from the dead. It's his heart that pumps blood. It is his hands and his, that, that grab the fish that he eats. It was his side that was pierced by the nails, is healed. What Jesus shows us is the resurrection, the promise that we all have that in Christ, resurrection means we will be glorified like him. He shows us the new life of resurrected human beings. This is the story that is the heart of the identity of a Christian. That by baptism, we are brought into the story of Jesus Christ because we're united with him. Because our story would be very different on our own. See, our story also starts with sin. We all are sinners, aren't we? We all do things that are wrong. 
And we know it enough that I don't need to list off examples or come up with things that point it out because we all feel guilty about something. Even if we don't let anybody know about it, even if we cover it up and smile and are happy, there's still something that nags at us. Something in our hearts, doesn't it? And that sin has one thing that is the necessary consequences of it. It's death, of course. Sin wants to lay claim on you and hold on you and get the just rewards. But that is where that story gets interrupted. See, the story of sin should go, we sin, we die, we go to hell, and that's it. But Jesus interrupted that story with you in your baptism. Because when you were baptized with Christ, you were united with him into his death and his resurrection. You're united with him in his death, which means sin it exacted its wrath and its rage all on one man. And we know the image of it. It's a man, Jesus, who was nailed to the cross, who went to, up to uh, Pontius Pilate, who condemned the man, who whipped him uh, almost to the point of death, and they jammed a crown of thorns on his head. They nailed him to a piece of wood where he died. That's what we deserved. But he did it instead. Which means that because Jesus died for sin, we also have died to sin already. Sin doesn't have a claim on us because we're already dead. We died in Christ. And just like we died in Christ, we're also raised with him. Because of Jesus' righteousness, sin has no claim on you. It has no hold it has no power. You are baptized into Christ. And because you're baptized into Christ, you are also raised from the dead. You have eternal life right now. It's not something that starts in the future or waits until after you're dead. It's right now you are raised from the dead because you are in Christ who has been raised from the dead. Everywhere I look these days, people are, are writing articles about something called mind, mindfulness meditation. Have you heard about this? Mindfulness meditation is a response to uh, kind of our, our stressed out brains, is that we all want to live in the future. We are worried about things. We're looking at the future. We're wondering what's going to happen. And it's supposed to be a practice that helps us be more present. I guess is the term they call, be more in the moment. And so what they do is they, you focus on breathing, on feeling your body, on just listening to your thoughts and letting them go so you're not just tied up in the future, but you're just feeling what's going on right now. And I think that's sometimes the reason why we end up in, in sin is because we're very much worried about the future and not worried about living out our baptismal grace right now. Not living out that, that resurrection from the dead in the moment. 
Because fear of the future is one of those things that drives us to do those things that we don't like to do. It drives us to say, you know what, I need to store up my stuff rather than helping the people around me. Drives us to wonder, will I have enough time to get things done so I better not go out and commit to something? It drives us to worry. And so we put our, our faith in things like money or work or anything that we can do. And it's all that future thinking that gets in the way of living in the now. In the real and true reality that you have eternal life in Christ. That you are raised from the dead in Him. This is certain and true because of your baptism. And St. Paul uses that to remind us of what that means for our living in the future. He reminds us that it brings about a new life. Just right after our reading, he says, Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. He talks about living a new life as one who's raised from the dead. Now, this is not pointing a finger and shouting at you and saying, you better do it or else. Sinner, gather your strength together and rise up and be holy. That would just be another way of accusing. It would be just more power of sin coming out and trying to grab at you. St. Paul is telling you to live the identity that you've been given. Because you have been brought into Jesus' story, he says, live that way. Live in the resurrection. Live in what you've already been given because sin already has no power over you. Its power has already been destroyed by Jesus. So your identity isn't the old sinner, the old person, your identity is in Christ, and nothing can change that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaburwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lambs.